Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to help recover your own child from the symptoms of autism. And I provide natural resources to you and interview experts all the time on various subjects that can help you with a child with autism because I too, like you, uh, am a mom who once had a child that was diagnosed with autism, but today he no longer is. And that's because of the research that I did and the resources I found and I have implemented with, with, with my son. And, uh, and then today he is fully recovered. So I like to be able to share those resources with you so that you can get your child to optimum recovery. And there are four stages that I can walk you through to really let you know what is really needed in autism recovery. So I've created a free online workshop for you called the four stages to naturally recover from the symptoms of autism. And stage one is healing the gut. Stage two is natural heavy metal detoxification. Stage three is clearing the co-infections like mold, Lyme, and strep. And then stage four is brain support and repair. And you can get that uh, free workshop webinar uh, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. No spaces, just free workshop. So hopefully that's really helpful to you. And again, today we have yet another uh, expert guest with us. And our subject today is going to be on hyperbaric oxygen chambers and their their benefits for children with autism. And so we have with us Dr. Anju Usman Singh, and she is director and owner of True Health Medical Center and Pure Compounding Pharmacy in Naperville, Illinois. She specializes in biomedical interventions for children with ADD, autism, PANS or PANDAS, and Down syndrome and related disorders. She has been involved in research regarding copper and zinc imbalances, metallothionine dysfunction, biofilm-related infections, and hyperbaric oxygen therapy. She serves on the medical advisory boards for TACA, the Autism Community in Action, and Autism Hope Alliance, as well as serving on faculty for MAPS, which is Medical Academy for Pediatric Special Needs. Dr. Usman Singh received her medical degree from Indiana University and completed a residency in family practice at Cook County Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. She is board certified in family practice in integrative and holistic medicine. So, Dr. Singh, welcome and thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate your time and your expertise to be here with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. So let's dive into hyperbaric oxygen chambers and um, and basically maybe give some background. Um, we might have listeners who have never heard of this before, so can maybe start start from the ground up. And what is hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Can you go ahead and, and give some explanation behind it? Yeah, I can. So, um, you know, we all know what oxygen is, so that's kind of a given. Um, and then the hyperbaric term comes from extra pressure. So it's oxygen under pressure. And hyperbaric therapy is just using a hyperbaric oxygen chamber to apply, you know, get oxygen into our tissues under pressure. And so um, some of the terminology is a little confusing because as you mentioned, there's hyperbaric oxygen therapy, but there's also hyperbaric therapy. And 
as you mentioned in your intro, that I had done some research on hyperbaric therapy for children with autism. And so um, it's a little different than hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And how do they differ? Um, one is oxygen um, under pressure, and so they're giving extra oxygen. So you're pumping oxygen into the chamber. So in most cases, when we talk about hyperbaric oxygen, they're pumping 100% oxygen into the chamber. And so they're not doing this all therapy this is just, it's just room okay. air oxygen under pressure. So what are the the different I mean why would somebody choose to do one over the other and what are the benefits? And I I know also we should address a lot of parents ask me the differences between hard-sided chambers and soft-sided. So if we can, yeah. you know, cover that at some point too because I know that that kind of rolls into to these two things so, that we're talking about now. Yeah. So that's exactly what we're talking about. So when we talk about regular room air, we're talking about the pressure at, at sea level. And so our oxygen at sea level is what we call 1.0 at 1.0 atmospheres of pressure. Um, if we go up, say like if we're in Denver, where there's more, um, there's less pressure. And so a lot of people feel lightheaded because then they get less oxygen. If we go below sea level, and there's more pressure. And so when we use the terminology for hyperbarics, we talk about dives, that we're going, we're diving in a chamber because we're going kind of under um, the pressure of, you know, where we're at at sea level, we're going under sea level. And so that terminology, hard chamber, soft chamber, really comes into play when you're talking about pressure. So at room air, I mean, sorry, at sea level, we're at 1.0 atmospheres of pressure. And in the soft chamber, it's 1.3 atmospheres. And in the hard chamber, it's 1.5 atmospheres of pressure. And with that higher pressure, you get more oxygen into the plasma of the body. So that's the whole point of hyperbarics. Hyperbarics is trying to oxygenate the body at a deeper level. So again, when we think of oxygen, we think of, you know, it's vital for life. Um, we need it. We would die without it. But what does oxygen really do for us? Um, basically, it helps us to burn our sugars and our fats to produce energy. So the oxygen is really helping us with energy. It's helping us um, utilize our food it's helping our mitochondria um and this oxygen again just so we kind of think about it it's transported through our lungs when we breathe um, onto hemoglobin and myoglobin and then it's sent to our tissues and then our tissue uses it for energy to to make things and to construct things and to build collagen so when we're talking about hyperbarics remember we're talking about oxygen, and we're talking about pressure. Okay, so hyperbaric 
versus hyperbaric oxygen versus the hard chamber. So you've got 1.0 atmospheric pressure, 1.3, and then 1.5. So why would somebody choose one over another? So there's this law called the Boyle's Law. So the Boyle's Law says that at constant temperature, there's an inverse relationship between pressure and volume. So the more pressure we have, the less of volume we have, and we're able to saturate our plasma with more oxygen. So the increased pressure we have allows for more gas to be dissolved into our plasma, and then that oxygen can help feed our brain, crosses the blood-brain barrier. It helps, you know, get oxygen into areas and tissues that could use healing, uh, like our joints and our muscles. So that extra pressure would de- deliver more oxygen. Okay. That that sounds um, like it really makes more sense for a lot of children with autism, too. We're going to take a short break right here, but when we come back, um, I would like to... to you know, further with this discussion on this on this piece, because um, I know that there's uh, some more clarification that could be really beneficial here, too, because, you know, of course, we want to be able to feed oxygen to the brain. And it's interesting how one can do a little bit more than the others here with these hard and soft sided. So uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a... Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about hyperbaric oxygen chambers and therapy before children with autism and uh, I wanted to mention that for the show notes uh, I will I've created for you a page at naturally recovering autism.com forward slash 48 just the numbers four eight so if there are any links that we uh, discussed today I'll be um, putting them at, at that page for you uh, we have dr. Anju Usman Singh with us today who is a specialist in these hyperbaric chambers and before the last break we were talking about uh, the differences between heart sided and soft sided chambers and um, the varying various uh, degrees of, of oxygen that you can get from each. So um, Dr. Singh, what would you say, um, I guess if you want to explain a little bit further, we, we were we had to go into a break, but we've got you, you were talking about how the more pressure helps saturate and increase oxygen into the plasma and feeds the brain especially for so I'm assuming that that these these harder chambers would be a better choice for a child with autism. Is that correct? Well, not necessarily, because when you go to higher pressures um, and more oxygen, then you can potentially have more side effects Mm. and more what we call oxidative stress. 
So, you know, we're talking about children with autism and we're talking about children who can't tell us how they're feeling or communicate with us. So, you know, as a physician, I always want to do things kind of in a gradual, thought-out manner. And so I usually um, recommend the soft chambers for our kids. Um, it may take a little longer to get where we need to go. So, again, we can talk about protocols a little later. But in my experience um, with the study that I'll tell you guys about, um, that we did, um, we used the hyperbaric fee at 1.3 or soft chamber um, pressure and got very good results with our kids with autism. And, you know, it's not just about the oxygen, I think. It's about helping the mitochondria work better. It's helping improve oxidative stress. It's helping improve inflammation. It's helping improve perfusion in the brain. Um, and there's even some studies to show that hyperbarics can um, decrease a uh, toxic load of chemicals um, that might be affecting the brain. So, and then um, another really potential and help with just the hyperbarics is um, improvement in gut flora. So it can even improve the gut flora. Is that because you're putting oxygen into uh, anaerobic uh, organisms, organisms that aren't wanting oxygen? So it it basically puts it in puts them in an environment that they don't want to be in. They don't like it, so that they either die or they go away. Yeah, that's one of the benefits. Um, many of our kids, you know, you mentioned in your gut recovery protocol. Um, I mean, that's number one, right? And right. many of our kids have uh, a lot of uh, anaerobic overgrowth. Sometimes we find markers for Clostridia species in particular. And those Clostridia species can cause a lot of infl inflammation, a lot of behaviors. And Clostridia is an anaerobic infection. It hates oxygen. So when we add that excess extra oxygen to that uh, gut, um, we are able to kind of see that those clostridium markers come down a little bit. So, you know, that is a benefit. But the other benefit for the hyperbarics in the gut flora is that they d they've done studies in patients with things like inflammatory bowel disease and colitis, um, and it helps with inflammation, um, not just in the brain, but in the gut. And um, it decreases things like you know, pro-inflammatory cytokines. And another potential benefit for the gut would be that hyperbaric oxygen can help break down biofilms. And I, I like to talk a lot about biofilms when we're dealing with patients with chronic infections, like patients with pans and pandas or chronic co-infections like Lyme or um, Bartonella. Yeah, definitely. And I know that if you don't break down the biofilm, um, I'll link to a, a piece that I on the show notes as well that I wrote on biofilm too, because it's so important if you don't break down that protective barrier that these organisms create, and even candida um, builds this around them, then, you know, people might be doing these protocols uh, and they might be following them 
properly. But if you can't break down that biofilm, then those organisms are really hard to reach. So this helps if, if you can break down that biofilm, you can really break down the, these uh, organisms that, that we don't want and, and help to balance them out and, and get rid of the, the excess that's causing the problem. So, um, yeah, that's that's great to know that it does that. And, and of course, in pans and, and lime as well. For our listeners, um, PANS is an acronym, uh, but it basically is, when it's called PANDAS, it includes streptococcal infections. Otherwise, it's um, it's autoimmune. It's more where your immune system is sort of attacking your body or your brain. So that's kind of in a, a, a nutshell there. But um, I can link to some other uh, episodes as well on some PANS and Lyme uh, uh, shows that we've done and some and pieces for you to get some more information on that as well. Um, so, so Dr. Singh, I'm wondering too, so you're saying to start for autism, you recommend the soft chambers. And, and I know that we'll, um, you were talking about maybe we should wait later in the show or we, we should follow up a little bit further with some baseline here and then go into, I'm just curious about hard-sided ever being used at all or if, if it's better, if this just does, does the job and people don't really need the hard-sided with, with autism. Well, you know, like as we mentioned, the higher pressures allow for more the oxygen to be dissolved into the plasma. So you do get kind of a deeper um, saturation. And um, um, however, the study between the 1.3 and the 1.5, there's not a huge difference. Um, some people go higher than 1. 1.5, uh, 1.75. Um, and in in some studies for patients with like you know the the I would say the medically approved condition. So things that are medically approved for hyperbarics would be gangrene, you know, these anaerobic infections that we're talking about before, like um, in the gut or in the skin, um, carbon dioxide poisoning. The classic would be like decompression sickness, the bends, um, burns, or severe anemia. Um, in those cases, they they do use much higher pressures. Like they go up to two, two point two. But when you get above like two point four pressure, you really increase a lot of potential for oxygen toxicity. And so, again, with the lower oxygen um, kind of hyperbaric therapy, you really don't trigger that potential for oxygen toxicity. And that would be a concern, especially in patients with a history of seizures. Oh, okay. So it could actually trigger something there as well. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a short break right here. Uh, but when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll continue this discussion on hyperbaric oxygen chambers and the importance for autism. Uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we're talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy for children with autism. And we have Dr. Anju Usman Singh here with us today, who is an expert in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And um, Dr. Singh, why don't we talk about, you know, why we've talked about some of the benefits of it in general, but what is uh, HBOT uh, so uh, beneficial for in children with autism? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, when we think about autism, none of us really know what causes it. 
but we do know what some of the underlying metabolic issues we see in our patients are. I mean, they become very evident, and there's a lot of research to point towards things like oxidative stress being an issue and inflammation, especially neuroinflammation and gut inflammation. And then there's also some research to show that there's issues with perfusion, getting enough oxygen to certain parts. So, you know, when we think about things like oxidative stress, um, you know, I think we'll, we think there's too many pro-oxidants in our kids' bodies, and those pro-oxidants can damage DNA and they can damage tissues. And we need to upregulate antioxidants, but the best way to upregulate antioxidants is not just from taking antioxidants, like the classics would be vitamins A, C, and E, CoQ10, uh, things like ALA or glutathione. But another really good way to improve our um, antioxidants is by upregulating antioxidant enzymes. Um, and so these are enzymes that help to make our antioxidants. And hyperbaric uh, therapy and hyperbaric oxygen therapy has been shown to upregulate these really important um, antioxidant enzymes like superoxide dismutase or glutathione peroxidase and catalase. So it, it can improve oxidative stress. What's interesting is if you think about oxygen, you think, oh, oxygen causes oxidation. I mean, that's the whole point of the word oxygen. It, it causes oxidation and rusting. But they've done some really interesting studies to show that when you're in these, um, these chambers, the first hour you get a little burst of what we call reactive oxygen species. You do get a little bit of oxidative stress. And that little bit of oxidative stress is actually beneficial, that short-term burst, because that short-term burst of oxidation actually helps to create some biogenesis or replication of our mitochondria. And that short-term burst also helps to kill bugs. So it helps with infections and chronic infections. But the longer-term effect of hyperbaric, say 24 to 48 hours, what they see is they see this upregulation of these antioxidant enzymes. So overall, um, hyperbarics has a antioxidant effect in the body. So that's a huge positive for it, in addition to the oxygenation that we talked about. The other big thing that they've studied with um, hyperbarics is that it really helps with inflammation. And again, when we think about our kids, we think, brain on fire, a lot of stimming, a lot of excitation, a lot of microglial activation, a lot of neuroinflammation. And there are studies to show that hyperbarics helps with these pro-inflammatory cells in the brain, like the big ones are TNF-alpha, um, tumor necrosis factor alpha, and um, NF-kappa-beta. So hyperbarics can help decrease that inflammation uh, from a like a global level from from the brain and in the body Um, it also can decrease IgE so there's some studies to show that helps with things like eczema and I think another big one before we get off of the subject is this concept of 
lack of perfusion or lack of oxygenation to the brain of some of our children. So for instance, if we did a SPECT scan, a SPECT scan is a scan that looks at perfusion or how the brain is oxygenating. And if we look at different areas of the brain, what they see in children with autism is that different areas of low perfusion cause different kinds of symptoms. So for instance, if there's not enough oxygen to a part of the brain that has the amygdala, which is in the basal ganglia, then our kids can't recognize facial expression very well. And it affects their ability to socialize and process emotions. So low oxygen in the amygdala can affect socialization. Um, low oxygen in this part of the brain called the temporal lobe, it's near our temples. And especially on the left side, it's associated with language delays, especially expressive language delays. So low perfusion in the temporal lobes is associated with lack of communication. It's also associated with OCD and rigidity. And then another big area is the frontal lobe. When we're not getting enough oxygenation in the front part of that cortex, it could affect our processing, our cognition, and our IQ. So hyperbaric therapy can help with tissue perfusion. It increases cerebral perfusion by 75% to 80%. And so it, it, it can be very profound for improving those kinds of things, especially if we've done a SPECT scan and we see hypoperfusion and there's not enough oxygen getting to the brain. Um, this type of therapy could be very beneficial. Yeah, it sounds great for, um, you know, just a, in general. I mean, some of these symptoms that a lot of us see in our kids with uh, with the, the language delays and then uh, the IQ and cognition piece, it's not that our kids aren't intelligent. They, they can be quite smart. I mean, extremely intelligent. But they, if they're not having enough oxygen to your brain, even you and I have a, have a low oxygen to the brain day and we're or time period, and, and we can find that we're, you know, not able to think clearly. So, um, so it sounds like a really simple way to do it. And um, I know that I'd like to, to know, too, if you how much of this is necessary for uh, a child, like how often do you go to them uh, to, to get their, uh, their sessions done and how long um, is kind of the general. And it might be like some other therapies where you have a, an initial phase where you go more regularly for a period of time and then um, maybe back off into a maintenance period or just go sort of as needed after a certain amount of time as well. Um, so I'd like to actually get into that uh, that piece of this question, uh, further into the question uh, or the answer to that when we come back. We're going to take a short break right here. Um, but uh, we, yeah, I'd really like to know about that when we come back. So uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we are talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy for children with autism. And we have Dr. Anju Usman Singh with us today. And before the break, we were talking a little, I, I asked a question and, and, uh, and I think it's probably at the peak of everybody's mind of how do we go about um, bringing our kids into ox hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And I know that, Dr. Singh, you have uh, some studies that, that you've, I, I believe, have you been involved with these studies as well or, 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 you're, or you're referring to, but that they are able to help us with knowing what is a, a kind of a better 
better possibility of a protocol for a child with autism? Yeah, so I was actually involved in one of the studies. Um, it was published in 2009. If any of you guys want to take a look, it's called Hyperbaric Treatment for Children with Autism, a multi-center randomized double-blind control trial. And it was a six um, it was six centers that um, were involved in the trial, and we had about 70 kids in that particular trial. And, and we were blinded, and there was a placebo um, arm of that particular trial. Um, the protocol that we used in the kids with um, autism was the hyperbaric therapy, 1.3 atmospheres. We used an oxygen concentrator which increased the oxygen in the chamber to about 24%, and room air is around 20%. So it slightly increased the oxygen in the chamber. Our, um, our protocol was 40 hours, and we did a minimum of five hours per week. And that one-hour therapy a day for, for five days a week, and we did 40 hours. We took about... 10 minutes to get, 10 to 15 minutes to get them what we call up to pressure, and then 10 to 15 minutes to get them down. So they're usually in the chamber for about uh, an hour and a half. Uh, the chambers, because they're not 100% oxygen, uh, you can take things into the shop chamber, like you can take an iPad or, or your, you know, games. Um, usually a parent is in there with a child as well. And so it's, it's well tolerated. It's, it, it's the size of like a, a small tubular tent, if any of you guys haven't seen them online. And it's, it's pretty comfortable in there. It, it does get a little warm in there, especially in the summer months. But other than that, it's quite comfortable. It's like going in, in an airplane. It's, it kind of feels that way, you know, when you take off and land and your ears get a little bit congested. That's how it feels when you're going, um, going up or down with the pressure. Um, and overall, what we found with this particular study was that the parents reported overall improvement, and we documented improvement in things like social interaction, eye contact, sensory issues, cognition, cognitive awareness, and receptive language. And as I mentioned, that, that particular study is published um, through BMC Pediatrics and PubMed. Okay, I will... Subsequent studies. There's a, also a Thai study, and there's a study in children with autism from Egypt. Okay, I'll look those up, and then um, and look to link to those in the show notes. And again, uh, the show notes I'll put it naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash forty eight. Um, and so, social engagement, eye contact, sensory issues, cognitive cognitive ability, receptive awareness, language increase, and then you said the parents can go in and. I am always telling the parents to go through the protocol of basically what you take your, your, your child through for autism recovery. The parents should go through it as well. Often the parents have many of the same types of um, health type related issues going on, um, whether it's candida overgrowth or, you know, they need to heal their gut or they're, they've got a lot of toxic buildup or maybe they've got also the, uh, you know, some Lyme and strep issues going on themselves. So 
um, yeah, it's great that the parents can get in and, you know, to keep the child company and, and play in there or do whatever to make it more comfortable, but also being able to get the, the health benefits themselves, because that's always nice for a parent too. You kind of get two, two of it, two of you taken care of at once. Yeah, exactly. Um, in our clinic, we actually rent out the chambers for the families to take home. Oh, and, they can take them home. Um, okay. Yeah, so they can just set them up in their house. Like I said, they're not that big. And it just makes it easier because it's, it's, when I first started doing it, like when we were doing the study, I just found it kind of stressful to go to the doctors every day for an hour and a half for the parents. Um, and a lot of our folks, they don't live close by to our office, and they may have trouble finding a local, um, a local clinic that does it. So um, I, I do think that the, the rental is a, a good way of getting this, um, this these 40 hours in, in, in the soft chamber. And then are you teaching parents how to use it at home? Because I, I know it's, it's a, a little bit of something that you need uh, some knowledge behind, as well as how to, like you said, slowly move it up into a level and then to slowly bring it back down. But, um, but so you're teaching them this, and then where would somebody, um, just anywhere, is there a, a website that we can refer people to to look up where they might be able to find one near them or be able, uh, either a practitioner or rent something near them? I think the best website to go to would be the International Hyperbaric Association website. They would have a list of practitioners who do hyperbarics and they're trained in doing it. And they give conferences a couple of times a year as well. And they would be a good resource for parents who are looking for somebody or a doctor who's knowledgeable in this type of therapy. Um, But to be honest with you, it's pretty simple to do and it's extremely well tolerated. Um, we can go into a little bit of the, more of the protocols and um, because what I've learned over the t- last 10 years, so this study that I mentioned to you with the 40 hours at 1.3 was done in 2009. So it was about 10 years ago. And you had mentioned, well, wouldn't, be one point, wouldn't 1.5 atmospheres be better? So 1.5 atmospheres is a hard chamber hyperbaric. Um, they pump 100% oxygen into that chamber. You have to go to a facility that has those hard chambers. Obviously, for both of these therapies, you need a doctor's prescription to do them. The protocol with the 1.5 atmospheres of pressure is about the same. It's, it's 40 hours in that hard chamber. So what I've been uh, trying to do for uh, our patients with the, the soft chamber is leave them in the chamber a little longer. So two to one and a half hours. Um, and I'm, I'm aiming for, I'm aiming for about 60 hours in the soft chamber so I can kind of get comparable, um, tissue perfusion that I would get with, uh, 1.5 atmospheres in the hard chamber without probably the, um, uh, the expense of doing that because it's, um, much more expensive to do the, the 100% oxygen. Okay. It sounds a lot easier for parents too. I know being a parent of a child who once had autism, it, it, those, the, the constant appointments can be just grueling trying to get yourself and your child out the door all the time to, to spend time there. So if this is something you can bring into the home. It sounds great. And we're going to take a short break right here. Uh, 
You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about hyperbaric oxygen chambers and uh, the benefits for them for children with autism. And Dr. Anju Usman-Singh is with us here today, and uh, she's an expert in this field. And we were just talking before the break about uh, some of the differences and, and the ways to sort of a protocol or how you can use the soft-sided chambers, especially being able to use them at home, which, again, as a parent of a child who once had autism, I know that anything you can do at home or that is made more easily done is is a blessing because it can be pretty challenging at times, and there's always so many appointments you're trying to get to with it between doctors and therapies and things like that, and this sounds like it's actually pretty relaxing as well. So, um, so Dr. Singh, you were talking about your study that you had done, and that was done with 40 hours. But yet, if you send parents home with these these rented uh, chambers to bring into their home, the soft sided ones, that you you kind of suggest doing, have them do, keep it for um, however many weeks they need, then to get 60 hours in, and then at, at to basically just give them a little bit more. So when the parents take uh, the soft chamber home with them, they usually rent it for about a month. And I tell them my goal for them is to try to do it every day for the 30 days. And if they can do an hour and a half to two hours a day, we can get, you know, 50 to 60 hours in the chamber in that month. And that seems to be a pretty good um, uh, protocol. For, for most of the patients to be able to do something like that. It is pretty intense because it is daily and it takes a lot of time and energy. So I tell parents, you know, plan for that because your life is going to be changed a little bit for those, you know, couple hours every day. But um, most of the parents who rent it do, do really well. I just, I guess I, I would mention a few caveats because, again, doing this for the last 10 years, you kind of learn a few things that maybe aren't in a study. But a couple of things that, um, you know, before going into something like that, we need to make sure that the kids' ears are okay because that's probably the biggest side effect. If they have, like, fluid in the middle ear or they have an ear infection or they're not good at clearing their ears, there might be some sensitivity in the ears. And I tend to use, like, these Fosqualia garlic oil eardrops in the ears, and that really helps a lot to kind of mitigate any kind of ear pressure. We also send them in the chamber with a little bit of a water bottle, but make sure they empty their bladder before they go in the chamber because that extra pressure always makes you want to pee. Um, There are other contraindications. People who have had a history of like asthma, COPD, or emphysema, they are not great candidates for this type of therapy. Um, Any um, concern for oxygen toxicity. So patients with seizures with the higher oxygen concentrations, we have to be careful. And then over the years, I've learned that if my patients with pandas, as you mentioned, they they have these potential chronic strep infections. Strep loves oxygen. So if we're worried about a strep infection somewhere, then we might flare it with the oxygen. And the other thing that likes oxygen is yeast. So... I've kind of developed a little protocol for my patients who are diving um, to kind of cover some some bases as well. Um, be, when they go in the chamber, I like them to be on something from mitochondrial support because 
it, I, um, I really feel like the, the hyperbaric therapy is very beneficial to the mitochondria. And they did some studies to show that if you give a little support to the mitochondria, um, you can enhance the benefit. So I use a specific mitochondrial supplement that I developed called MitoRescue. I also cover them with an antifungal, antibacterial, like herbal combo. And I cover them um, just for that yeast and strep kind of issue, just so that doesn't flare while they're in the chamber. And then so omega-3 would be a good idea as well, and just to kind of help that inflammation. What would be? Omega-3s. Oh, omega-3s, yeah. So yeah, even though they might acid. have some strep and candida, if you put them on some, uh, again, natural candida-type supplements and some mito support, you would still say go ahead and have them go in even uh, to because the benefits are still greater, um, but you just have to beware of the possible possibility of, of candida or strep being triggered a little bit from this? Yeah, yeah. So again, if, if, if it's like a rip-roaring candida issue or, you know, an actual strep infection, I'd say, let's get over that, let's address it, let's get back to baseline. But again, many of you guys know, our kids are pretty recurrent with some of these things and we'll do something and it'll flare them a bit. So when I'm at a baseline with somebody, I'd say, you know, we can use some herbal combination for yeast and bacteria that can kind of keep it at bay so it doesn't flare while we're um, diving. And I find like the, the usually the, the kids flare around halfway in, you know, not right away, Halfway in seems to be a little bit of the rocky, rocky time. So about 20 hours in, and then you know things get much better after that. So um, you know if you see a little bit of up and down, that 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 can, that can happen. Okay, so you just would want to make sure that you weren't having a really serious candida flare-up or maybe do some, some gut healing and candida balancing prior to using hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Would that, that would make more sense, correct? Yeah, and so even if you did it prior, I would still do something during. Right, okay. So and then, it's just safer. You're doing it for a month. You're being pretty intense. You're really working on that mito. You're trying to perfuse the, uh, the, the tissue. You're trying to work on inflammation. So, you know, and you might even be detoxing in the process of all this because it does create a little bit of a detox reaction. So whenever we detox, we do kind of, uh, you know, everything has to go through the liver, gets into the gallbladder, it goes through the gut, and then the gut flares again. So just having something on board there, um, some of my patients, we even use a little bit of a binder um, after, the, after they die just to kind of bind up any release of anything that may be affecting them adversely. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in binders. <laughs> I think we should all be on them Me all the too. time. Yeah. <laughs> you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It may help stop up some of those toxins as well. And then, so what is the cost of renting one of these uh, for a month in general? I know that probably varies a little bit depending on who you get it from, but what might a parent expect to pay for a month of rental of one of these? So the heart chamber, the heart chamber, the 1.5 at 100% oxygen is about $200 a dive. 
the rental is about somewhere between 1500 to 2000 for a month. And then, so that when you say 200 a dive, that's per hour, per time for the hard chamber? Yeah, so, and then, or yeah, you take so it's the like soft. 200 yeah. times 40. Right, right. Okay, so it can add up there too. So actually, the rental is a lot better choice as well. We're going to take a short break right here, and you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host Karen Thomas and today we've been talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy with Dr. Anju Usman Singh, an expert in that field and we also I've created some show notes for you at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 48 just the numbers 48 and um, we've got a a link there for you to also be able to um, find out how to get connected with somebody who has uh, some expertise that is hopefully closer to where you live where you can uh, learn where you could uh, find a practitioner who who has knowledge in this new you and to be able to possibly rent one and bring one home uh, into your home to use them as well because improving for autism you know seeing things like social improvement eye contact help with sensory issues and cognition the receptive awareness and, and the language issues and of course we know our kids have so much inflammation and it is as helpful in reducing inflammation in the body um, that is an, a huge huge benefit there as well um, so I have again created show notes for you at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 48 and Dr. Singh I wanted to ask you to um, do you then suggest after they've done a month protocol then is there a maintenance dosage as well? Like, um, like you might say, okay, if you start, I know this with like neurofeedback, like you might do have your, your initial protocol and then a few months later you see a little, a few things maybe slipping back and maybe you come in for one or two treatments. Is it the same type of thing with this? It's similar. The problem is, you know, one or two treatments probably wouldn't work. It It takes a little bit of momentum with this therapy. So, the first 40 to 50, 60 hours is kind of where we gauge whether the patients are going to be responders or non-responders. And if they're a responder to this therapy, um, then we would like to consider repeating it. And again, it varies depending on, you know, how the patients are doing, um, how they're improving. But usually when we do a maintenance, it would be we would repeat a similar protocol, but instead of doing 40 hours, we would do 20 hours. Some of the parents end up liking the therapy so much that some of them purchase 
uh, these soft chambers for their home. And then we're able to be a little bit more flexible with the kind of the maintenance schedule. So some of my patients who do really well with hyperbaric, we do 20 hours um, uh, on and maybe a month off and then do 20 hours on again and um, repeat that based on how they're doing and how they're improving. Even if they own their own at home, doing 20 hours on and then 20 hours off? Yeah, taking a break. So it's like, um, you know, three weeks on, a month off, or three weeks off. So they do need a little bit of a break in between uh, the kind of uh, intense sessions. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great plan. I know the same with things like far infrared saunas and everything. It's great to, there's certain things you can have in your home that can be really helpful and make it a lot easier. You don't have to travel or try to take your child or yourself to any appointments and um, it can end up being much more cost effective in the long run to do it that way too. Especially like you're saying, if you notice your child is a real, really a great responder to this and you think it might be something that would be good for you to own to take that initial investment um, and uh, and be able to put it into something that would uh, become yours in the long term. So um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? We're almost out of time, but um, this has been really, really helpful. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I just want to know, do you have anything else to add, and, and how can people find you as well? Um, I'm at truehealthmedical.com. It's on the web. And I also own a pharmacy called Pure Compounding Pharmacy. And I own a supplement company called True Health Natural. So if you guys are interested in any of that, you can take a look online for those. But in terms of hyperbarics, I mean, I know that we have to pick and choose which types of therapies we put our energy and our money into for our kids. But... Um, in your step four, when you're talking about repair and helping the body to really kind of heal, I would consider this as a potential. Okay, so it's really good in the repair phase too, or, or as well, or, or best time. Yeah, I think, you know, once you've worked on the gut, once you've done a little bit of detox and you've worked on some of these infections, then get that stuff out of the way, throw that oxygen in there, try to really repair that tissue, perfuse the brain. It's, it's a really um, a good time to consider um, hyperbarics. But you can consider it before as well. It's right. just because of the time and the money commitment, it, it's sometimes I usually save it for later. Right, and to get some of those things at bay, get, the, get some stability is a, a good good thing too. Before, so um, we're out of time. This has been really, really great. Thank you again so much, Doctor Usman. I, I really appreciate you being here. And you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And again, the show notes are at naturallyrecoveringautism.com/four.